bet like we never left. It's Double Move Sports. As always, I'm Steph Albiero. I'm here with the fantasy phenom, Alex Lotz. And today we're diving into our pre-NFL draft dynasty rankings, top 12 at the quarterback position. We're doing a whole series of the top 12. If you guys want to see us go 13 through 24, let us know in the comments down below. But Alex, we're going to get into our top 12 at the position for these quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm excited. And really quickly, I just have to say, if you're not in our Discord, join it in the link below. That's where we're getting, you know, some one, some of the ideas for these videos. Everyone's saying, oh, we want rankings. We want rankings. We're posting rookie rankings in there. We're going to continue to, to manage and update rankings at each position for Dynasty. You know, we're doing 1 through 12 today, but we're going to do every single position all the way down the list. You know, I think top 50 quarterbacks and tight ends, at least top 100 or so receivers. Uh, and we'll see on the running backs too. But we're going to keep those updated and manage. The Discord is the place to be if you have questions on these guys you want to throw out your hot takes as well. But Steph, I'm hyped to get into these QBs. we got some fun names to talk about. We're talking super flex as well. So, you know, I guess in terms of our individual rankings, that doesn't necessarily matter. But for super flex leagues, especially with these quarterbacks, they're very, very important. So at least having one of these top 12 guys is going to be key to winning your leagues. 100%. you got to make sure when you're coming out of any startup, you have at least one, if not two, if you can get them at extreme value. One of these top, I'll call it eight names now that we have Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson back in the mix. Let's take it from the top. This is the consensus QB1 for us for keep trade cut. The whole community that plays fantasy football is in on Josh Allen at QB1. It was a hot take, Alex. I remember leading into the playoffs, I was saying, look, Josh Allen should be over Mahomes in startups right now. Got a lot of pushback in the Discord, but I think I I convinced some people just looking at some of the rushing numbers that Allen is bringing to the table, going toe-to-toe with Mahomes from an efficiency standpoint. The pass attempts continue to go up. He's getting more stability in the offense. Hopefully we see the Bills invest in the receiving weapons, right? Whether it's tight end, whether it's running back, whether it's wide receiver. The crazy thing with Josh Allen, though, is that since 2018, he's 10th in the entire NFL in rushing touchdowns. 10th. I mean, that's more than top-tier running backs. That's going to be more than Jonathan Taylor. That's more than Joe Mixon. That's more than Christian McCaffrey. So just from what he's doing on the ground, you got to love Josh Allen as the consensus QB1 with 763 rushing yards in 2021. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend too much time at the top. I think for us, as we go through these rankings in every single position, we're going to spend more time on areas where there might be a tear break or there might be a big disagreement between you and I. We have Josh Allen at number one. I guess there's a crowd out there that still might have Mahomes as number one. I don't know why that would be the case, especially now that Tyreek Hill is gone. But it's easy with Allen. I think, you know, from a passing perspective, he's shown that he can air it out over the past few years. Stephon Diggs helped with that. Gabe Davis is emerging. They might bring in another receiver in the draft. They brought in Jameson Crowder. Uh, they got some great weapons there in Buffalo. But you're right, the rushing ability and the rushing touchdown ability is what really sets him apart. QB1, back-to-back seasons. He's still super young. How old is this guy? 25 years old. What else do we need to see? You're younger than Mahomes. So even that can be a Exactly. So he checks every box. We don't need to say much more about Allen, but let's move on to number two. We still don't have a disagreement yet. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. I think it's still pretty firmly Patrick Mahomes. And I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now, they flip-flop back, you know, just depending on 
what happens during the season, the weapons that come in and out of these offenses and how the offenses evolve. Wouldn't be surprised to see Mahomes take his spot back at the top, but he's number two for me just because regardless of Tyreek Hill being there or not, regardless of the weapons he has, we know Patrick Mahomes is what he is at this point. He's going to give you a little bit of a baseline on the ground, um, which we do love to see from the quarterback position. Over 300 rushing yards in back-to-back seasons, added a couple touchdowns each of those years. But this is a guy who, you know, 37, 38 touchdowns the last two seasons, always is going to be a threat to go for 5,000 yards in this offense. They still don't have much of a running game. So the Chiefs run through, ironically, they run through the passing game on the offensive side of the ball. And you know what you're getting with Patrick Mahomes, former MVP, um, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion. So it's it's locked and loaded for me with Mahomes at number two. He's one of the safest guys that you can have on your roster. Still only 26 years old as well. He's pretty much a lock to put up over 4,700 passing yards mm-hmm. around a 65 to 68% completion percentage, 300-plus rushing yards, and 35-plus passing touchdowns. Coming off the season, he was fifth in fantasy points per game. And he did have a down stretch this past season. Now, losing Tyreek Hill, right, it bumped Mahomes down marginally for me because you Mm -hmm. have to believe that the Chiefs aren't going to just roll into the year without taking any weapons in the draft, making any more signings or trades, there was that smokescreen about the DK Metcalf trade for a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen at all. We'll see. But you got to think that the, the, the Chiefs are going to bring in some weapons. You know, I kind of like the fact that the Chiefs did do a rebuild on the fly as opposed to mortgaging their future since they have Mahomes taking up so much cap space. It's like, why are we going to overpay Tyreek Hill? Why are we going to overpay some other weapons that are going to reach that contract discussion soon? Let's just let those guys walk, backfill. Now, I don't really like the fact that they overpaid Marcus Valdez-Scantling, but they did get him for cheap relative to other options that were there. I'm sure they're kicking themselves when they think back to J.J. Chark going on a 10-year, one-year deal. They were able to bring in Juju for some stability in the wide receiver room, but I'm hoping they bring in a down-the-field burner. They had that late, late pick in the first round. Could be a Jahan Dotson, could be a Christian Watson. There's a lot of exciting, you know, big-body burners that they could have come in and do, you know, 50% of what Tyreek Hill did. Best case scenario as a rookie, hopefully over time they were able to onboard and look, still have the tight end one year over year over year on that offense. I think we believe, both believe that even with some degraded weaponry, Mahomes is going to find a way to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. So Steph, let's move on to number three. And this is where we started to have a disagreement. My number three, your number four. Lamar Jackson at the quarterback spot. And this is kind of a big tier of guys. I think Kyler Murray's in the discussion. I've even seen Deshaun Watson in this discussion, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I've seen a wide variety of names at the number three spot. So this is where you have to start to plant your flag and pick one of these guys. Call it some homer bias for us being big Lamar Jackson fans. But really the reason for me that he's my number three, it sounds so obvious, but it's the fact that we know he has a bigger upside, I think, than anyone else on this list. The best rushing quarterback of all time. Yes, better than Michael Vick. I mean, he has that rushing record, went back-to-back seasons with over a 1,000 yards. This past season, he would have done it again if he didn't miss all those games for injury. So to me, when you have a quarterback that can come out and consistently put up a 1,000 yards and six, seven touchdowns on the season, one, you're giving yourself a tremendous floor, but two, that upside just goes through the roof. When he was QB1 in 2019, Lamar Jackson put up 412 points fantasy points in 15 games 
Just for context, last year, Josh Allen put up 409 fantasy points in 17 games as the QB1. So in two fewer games, Lamar Jackson put up more fantasy points than this past year's QB1. So when Lamar Jackson is on, he is really on. And in that season in 2019, he only passed the ball 400 times. I know the touchdown rate was incredibly high, but we saw it this past season. He was on pace to have you know, 50-plus more pass attempts than he ever has in his career on the course of a season. Yes, the efficiency was hit a little bit, but we're starting to see this Ravens offense open it up a little bit more, some by necessity because the defense isn't as good as it was in Lamar's, you know, sophomore, junior season in the NFL. But Lamar Jackson, to me, with Rashad Bateman in that offense, Hollywood Brown, the rushing ability, I still think the best is yet to come for Lamar and that I know the contract situation does give people some question marks. You know, that's not something I factor in a ton, especially this early when he's still confident he'll get something done. But to me at age 25, Lamar Jackson's still my guy at number three overall. I tweeted this out. You can follow us on Twitter at double move sport. If you take out the game where Lamar Jackson got injured in the first quarter, he was quarterback three in fantasy points per game last year. Let that sink in. That's where we have him in the dynasty rankings. Still a 25 year old quarterback you love it you just love it and the stability is going to come I'm curious if Lamar Jackson you know I was gonna say he might hit the open the Ravens aren't gonna let him hit the open market they're franchise tagging before they let him hit the open market at all and it'd be very unprecedented to see a guy at this level I mean we're talking like Deshaun Watson levels of unprecedented where a guy essentially in his prime with nothing but runway ahead of him hits the open market at the quarterback position that's not gonna happen with Lamar Jackson I'm confident they're gonna get a deal done but you know he's going to be coming after his bag, and I hope he gets everything he deserves. Let's move over to the QB4. Our consensus QB4 is the one and only Kyler Murray. And I have him a spot higher than Lamar Jackson. We're really just we're, we're razor thin. We're, we're splitting hairs. We're talking about these guys. The reason I have Kyler over Lamar is just because he can do a little bit more through the air based on what we've seen so far. He's a little bit more efficient. He's throwing for about 100 more pass attempts a year based on what he's done so far. He also has outscored Lamar Jackson of fantasy points per game, was the QB3 in 2020, QB4 in fantasy points per game in 2021 in those 14 games. And we did see the rushing production from Kyler Murray fall off a cliff thanks to some of the injuries. Now, we've actually seen that two years in a row, but for Kyler to still be putting up the numbers that he is while banged up down the stretch. You know, I'm just hoping that the Cardinals bring in some weapons because I saw Christian Kirk leave, hoping that Rondell Moore can, can take that next step, but they re-signed James Conner, they re-signed Zach Ertz. None of those names get you overly excited for this offense. But even if this offense isn't good, I think back to Deshaun Watson's season with the Texans the last time he played, where – he was able to still lead the league in passing yards, was doing a ton on the ground, pretty much had to carry the team on his back. We could be seeing that, especially if DeAndre Hopkins is still dealing with some of the hamstring issues that he dealt with in 2021. So Kyler Murray, to me, you know, he's giving you 70% of what Lamar Jackson can give you on the ground with some additional passing game volume, now, even though Lamar's efficiency is a little bit better. So Again, we're splitting hairs. These are the mobile quarterbacks that we like. You know, and I, and I know people have this concern about, oh, these rushing quarterbacks, uh, you know, they don't have as much longevity. They're more likely to get hurt. That has been debunked time and time again with these rushing quarterbacks. They're more likely to get hurt as any quarterback. You see guys get leveled in the pocket. We saw Mahomes get leveled in the pocket and break his, his knee. We've seen you know, guys like Dak Prescott just have freak injuries behind the line of scrimmage. It's not like being mobile in and of itself is going to cause you to get hurt. And again, that has been debunked. 
So I'm looking at it in a, in a three-year window in my dynasty leagues. That's why these guys are going to be higher than the Justin Herberts and the Joe Burrows of the world because Herbert and Burrow, even in a best-case scenario, even with no weapons, they're not going to be putting up this type of rushing production because they just don't have that ability that Jackson and Murray bring to the table. 100%, and that's the difference for me too. You know, I don't have much more to add on Kyler Murray. You said it. I mean, he has a little bit more upside in the passing game. The reason I had Lamar ahead of him is because I'll take the upside on the ground for the quarterback position more than that extra upside through the air. But again, it is really splitting hairs. But with that, we come to our QB5, which is Justin Herbert. And I've seen Justin Herbert ranked as high as two in some people's rankings, which is crazy. I mean, this guy's 24 years old, QB9 as a rookie, QB2 last season with some of those massive upside games. We saw Justin Herbert have games for, you know, 382 yards and three touchdowns while adding 90 rushing yards on the ground. We saw him have 398 passing yards and four touchdowns while adding a rushing touchdown. So Justin Herbert in this Chargers offense has that explosive upside to go absolutely nuclear on any given week. He's everything you want in a pro quarterback. I mean, as far as the size goes, just 6'6", 240, perfect QB size. He has the speed as well. Just can bomb the ball downfield. Has great weapons right now in L.A. with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think that for me is like some some long-term question in L.A. I think it's great that they re-signed Mike Williams. But he's been injury-prone in the past. He's getting a little bit older. Keenan Allen's going to be 30 years old this season. I do expect them to re-up and retool when those guys are ready to move on. But for me, the only reason Justin Herbert's not higher on this list, because I think as a passer, he is the closest thing we have to Patrick Mahomes or could be the closest thing we have to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously a better passer to me than Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. But the only difference is he just doesn't give you quite what you want on the ground. I think Kyler and Lamar have so much more upside with their ground game and even their bad weeks, they're going to be able to make up for it with 60, 70, 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. Justin Herbert can hold his own. Like I mentioned, had a game with 90 rushing yards last season, over 300 on the year, three touchdowns. So Justin Herbert can move, and he's going to give you a little bit of a baseline there. Over 5,000 passing yards, though, in the 38 touchdowns, and that is why you like Justin Herbert in your top five dynasty quarterbacks. Just an absolute young stud, already has put together a quarterback two season, explosive as a passer, a good team with a good coach that likes to go for it on fourth down, which is always fun, and gives you enough on the ground. He's not one of these sitting ducks in the pocket like the Bradys or the Drew Brees or guys like that. So he is mobile enough for me to get him to number five. Yeah, and ending 2021, second in fantasy points per game at the position. And if Herbert did put up that Mahomes-type season, 45-plus passing touchdowns, I think we would be talking about him as potentially the QB1, probably QB2, right above Mahomes. That is the upside we just haven't quite seen. I'm not sure if it's even Herbert's fault or or what that is. Maybe it's, you know, Andy Reid is the the tiebreaker Mahomes versus Herbert. But these guys are very, very similar as far as what they're going to do from a season-long stat line perspective. And with Herbert, you love the fact that he's on a rookie deal because you can tell that the Chargers going out and signing J.C. Jackson, re-signing Mike Williams, bringing in Khalil Mack, right, making all these big defensive and offensive moves, hitting the free agent market, the rookie deal that Herbert's on actually gives them more budget to go out and bring in more weapons. And I think we're going to see some weapons enter this Chargers offense. They got to upgrade something with that that stretch Z role. They have to bring in somebody who's better than a Jalen Guyton, in my opinion, right? To, to take Herbert to that next, next step, we will see what they do here in the draft. But it's an exciting time to be a Chargers fan. I wish I was. But continuing down the list, Joe Burrow, Joey B, 
the man himself, man, this is a guy you've got to be really, really excited about. And the fact that he's also still on a rookie deal, his two best wide receivers are also on their rookie deals. Mm -hmm. The offense, we saw it last year, a Super Bowl level offense, one of the best in the league. And we even saw at times last season, Cincinnati was taking more of a run-heavy approach. We were a little bit disappointed early on by the Bengals' offense, especially we were uh, really happy for Joe Mixon because we're like, hey, the value's there. They're running the ball a lot more. And this was with an offensive line that's now coming into 2022, completely retooled, better than it's ever been. You're expecting Jamar Chase to take that next step in year two. The three stud offensive line signings, I don't need to repeat you know, how hype we need to be for to talk about ad nauseum with our free agency moves. But we're talking about a Joe Burrow now that could have more time to throw than he's ever had, could have more pass attempts than he's ever had, and more confidence in his weaponry and his ability going into year three after a Super Bowl season. This might be a hot take, but I, I mean, Joe Burrow at six, I think it's fine. I think it's safe. I think there's more likelihood that by this time next year, as crazy as it sounds, I'm going to have Joe Burrow lower in my rankings than higher because I don't see him passing up a Lamar, a Kyler, Herbert, Mahomes, or Josh Allen, but I could see Deshaun Watson jumping ahead of him in my rankings. I could see if one of these young guys, you know, a Jalen Hurts has a breakout season and becomes the long-term option in Philly or a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields finally step up. Trey Lance does what we want Trey Lance to do. I could see Joe Burrow moving down my rankings. So for me, Love Burrow. If he's my QB1 in Dynasty, I'm happy with it. But I think there's a tear break after Herbert, and a lot of it does come down to just the rushing upside. I, I know Burrow, he got the new O-line. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, arguably the best combo in football right now, and they're both so, so young as well, which we love to see. But Burrow, I mean, in his rookie year, 142 rushing yards. Last year, playing 16 games, 118 rushing yards. Like in fantasy football, you got to rely on yourself as a passer a lot to get by without rushing the ball at all. And I love, I think we are taking the end of the season for Joe Burrow straight into next season. Like they always, players leave a taste in their mouth. It's either good or bad. Joe Burrow, obviously with the Super Bowl run was fantastic. He was also a league winner. I mean, his last two games, six week 16 and week 17, 38, 34 fantasy points. That's what we love to see. But until then, he was having a very mediocre season. I mean, the lows were low for Joe Burrow at the quarterback spot. He had weeks of 13 fantasy points, back-to-back -back weeks of eight, and then eight again. Uh, he had a 12 fantasy point game, had a lot of stuff just in that 17-18 range. So for me, he had some good games, but he had some bad games as well. And with other guys on this list, the Lamar Jacksons, the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes, the highs can still be just as high, but you're not getting as many lows throughout the course of the season. So when you're a quarterback like Joe Burrow that doesn't run the ball, you have the potential to have those bust games. And that's something that just that bumps him down my list a little bit. But he was my number seven in my rankings. Your number six comes in as our consensus number six. I gave you the tiebreaker on this one. Um, but just something to think about with Burrow. Yeah, and it's interesting that on Keep Trade Cut right now, Joe Burrow is the QB4 ahead wow. of Jackson and Murray. And, and we have been vehemently against that every step of the way when we're looking at these startup drafts. There's no reason to take Burrow that early. Now, what I will say about Burrow is he was number one in the league in yards per attempt, number one in the league in clean pocket completion percentage, top five in accuracy rating and true completion percentage. And the fact that his yards per attempt was so high uh, – it may not be sustainable. We, we may see other guys come in and be able to compete with that. But as far as what you get through the air with Joe Burrow, he checks all the boxes that mm -hmm. you could possibly imagine based on the 2021 season. And like you said, right, only 25 years old, like all these other guys. But 
going now to Deshaun Watson, you know, his name has come up a lot. Like we're comparing a lot of these situations to Deshaun Watson, but there's so many question marks, even with Deshaun Watson. You know, for my rankings, I'm assuming a six-game suspension, starting with an eight, appeal it down to six. That's where kind of like the tie break. He could get a couple games. Nobody really knows at this point. And there's also a non-zero chance that both ends of the spectrum come into play where he misses all of 2022 if things change with the civil case or the commissioner doesn't want to set a bad precedent where, hey, this guy hasn't been punished. Nothing's been proven. We're not going to punish him until the civil cases go all the way through. So he actually might be able to play all 17 games in 2022. But you would expect there to be some punishment this year, uh, more likely than not. So I have him, again, a baked into these rankings, a six-game sample. But what we've seen from Deshaun Watson that's, is that when he's healthy and out on the field, he is he's a top-five quarterback. Fantasy, non-fantasy. We saw what he did with Brandon Cooks and a bunch of Jags that last year. In Houston, somewhat of a similar situation, if not a massive upgrade when we talk about the Browns, where as of right now, right, we expect them to take some wide receivers in the draft. We expect them to potentially get Will Fuller and some other free agents that are still out there. There's been rumors that Jarvis and Odell are going to come back to Cleveland. I don't see that happening, but it would be really fun. But right now, it's just Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, there in Cleveland. So the passing game weapons don't get you overly excited, but this should be the best offensive line that Deshaun Watson's ever played with. So really the only reason we don't have him top five above Burrow, certainly maybe even above a guy like Herbert, is just the fact that we don't know what that suspension is going to be. We also don't know how the guy's going to look after not playing football for a year. We might see 2022 just be a complete wash where he's re-acclimating to the league. He's coming in, getting off some of the rust on top of starting the season late. Yeah, I think the only reason we do have him here at seven is because of some of the uncertainty. And if it wasn't for that, he could be as high as number five, maybe four or three, even in my rankings. I think he'd be right in that tier with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Hard to believe he's still only 26 years old. You know, quarterback five in fantasy for three years in a row, 2018, 2019, 2020, 400-plus rushing yards in each of those seasons, has, you know, a, a seven touchdown, a seven rushing touchdown season under his belt, a 33-touchdown passing season under his belt. So Deshaun Watson, we know what he is when he's on the field. Now it's just a waiting game to see what happens and how soon he'll be out there. So for me, I've got him at six right now. I think consensus we're at seven, baking in some of that risk. But the second he gets out there and he gets all this behind him and we see the Deshaun Watson of old, I think he's going to start climbing up some rankings. So shout out to everyone who took the risk on him over the past year. I think it's going to pay off for you. But Steph, let's move on to our number eight. It's Dak Prescott. Um, and it's interesting because in our – in our rankings, it's like we have, you know, the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier. Then there's almost this tier of, of Lamar, Kyler, Herbert. Then you got Watson and Burrow. And there's a tier behind Dak Prescott, but he's kind of just like sitting here in no man's land by himself, almost in a tier of his own for us. But we both have him at number eight. And he's just one of these guys that's super steady, super consistent. At this point, I think you know what you're getting, the top end upside. Probably isn't there, but Dak Prescott's had some monster fantasy seasons. His best year was back in 2019, finished as the QB2, almost 5,000 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns. But if we learned anything from last season, um, it's that that high-volume pass offense that we think about in Dallas might be gone now that the defense has taken so many strides forward, now that they're really comboing Tony Pollard with Zeke and relying more on the ground game. Amari Cooper's gone. Gallup is going to start the season hurt. 
So I think with Dallas, the whole identity of the team has shifted. I will say last year with a much more balanced approach on offense than we've seen in the past, Dak still had 37 touchdowns. So we love to see that the efficiency is still there. He's still a great quarterback. But in terms of just this top end volume, I think Dak Prescott kind of moved down from a guy that was arguably in that top five there for a couple seasons to settling in as a really, really solid mid-end QB1 in Dynasty. And if he's your QB1 on your roster in a super flex league, I think you're just fine. But he probably lacks some of the upside at this point in his career at age 28 than some of the other guys we're talking about ahead of him on this list. Ninth in fantasy points per game in 2021. A little over 4,400 passing yards, a 68.8% completion percentage, 146 rushing yards as well. So this is another guy that's not going to take you over the top. And we've seen since that 2019 season, really the the decline on the ground for Dak Mm -hmm. Prescott. Now he's not an absolute statue out there. He's using his mobility to be open in the pocket. But the the loss of Amari Cooper, did that really impact, move Dak Prescott for you? With these rumors swirling that Traylon Burks is is the chalk pick going to Dallas. Yeah, I'm not it sucks when you lose weapons like that, but I'm not too worried about it. Cooper was on and off of the field all year last year. Sometimes when he was on the field last year, he probably shouldn't have been because he clearly was playing with some of the effects from COVID. He was banked up with several injuries. So I think if you can get Gallup healthy, CD Lamb's gonna be fantastic. Hopefully they add a name in the draft. They brought in James Washington, which I think he's more of the Cedric Wilson role but that's still probably going to be really valuable for this offense. Dalton Schultz has stepped up. So I think Dak's going to be fine in terms of the weaponry in Dallas. And you're right. I think a big part of it and something I missed on in in my initial take was, yeah, I think some of it's just that rushing upside has consistently come down. You know, last year was the first year back from the ankle. So does that have something to do with it? Probably. But if we can see him get back to 300 yards and five touchdowns on the ground, that could make the difference from him and turn him from quarterback seven or eight in any given season up to, you know, having some top five finishes in any of these seasons. But the other thing with Dak, he's still pretty young, 28 years old. When you look at the guys in front of him on our list, I mean, you got guys that are 24, 25, 26, that age difference also works in their favor as well. And we're thinking about these dynasty leagues. It's something we have to factor in, but Steph, if we want to go ahead and move on to probably our, our first, Hot take. I think some people will agree with us, but some people are going to think we're nuts for this one. Our QB9, speaking of age and speaking of youth, is Trey Lance for the San Francisco 49ers. And this all just comes down to what we think he could be. Trey Lance, you know, they you've said this more than anybody. The the 49ers have no choice but to start Trey Lance because they mortgage their future to get him. And at tw- still 21 years old at the time of this recording. We have to buy into some of this upside for Trey Lance and his ability on the ground. We saw him as a premier rushing quarterback in college. He has a a strong rushing tendency. Like a lot of times he looks to run first. Like you think about some of the guys on our list, a Justin Herbert will run when it's there. A Dak Prescott will run when it's there. But then you have guys like Lamar Jackson who are these run first kind of quarterbacks. Trey Lance is that same way. And if Trey Lance ended up having an 1,000-yard rushing season in his career, would not surprise me one bit we have a small sample size last season one start that he got was against arizona struggled a little bit as a passer 15 for 29 192 yards and one interception but 16 carries for 89 yards i mean 16 carries for your rookie quarterback absolutely insane and then later in the year against houston didn't have to do quite as much in that game they were leading most of that game but 16 for 23 249 yards and two touchdowns through the air eight carries for 31 yards on the ground. So when we saw Trey Lance, was he the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen? No, but that's why Jimmy G was still starting last season. But from a fantasy perspective, 
even if he has ups and downs from a from an NFL evaluation, you know, scout, you know, team perspective, he should be fantastic in fantasy. And it's going to be similar to what we saw from Jalen Hurts last year. A lot of games Hurts struggled, still ended up as the QB one on the week. So we could see that from Trey Lance a lot this season and beyond. And if he ends up being one of these guys that breaks out as a good passer, like we saw from Josh Allen, someone who wasn't a good passer, really worked on that aspect of his game, and finally it clicked. Trey Lance could be an absolute cheat code in these dynasty leagues. 100%. You add in the fact that he is the best yards after the catch receiving core in the league with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk playing the X role. And then you know the Shanahan run game is going to find a way to get it done. I don't want to put Shanahan on too much of a pedestal. I think we've done enough of that. Everyone else has done enough of that. I hate Shanahan for fantasy. <laughs> but you've got to love what Lance can bring to this offense. And I will say I am fading. As of right now, based on the current ADPs, I'm fading a lot of this 49ers offense because I'm worried about the passing efficiency that Trey Lance is going to have. Mm -hmm. This could be a Cam Newton situation. This could be a Jalen Hurts situation where even Lamar Jackson, where because we have a mortal more <laughs> because we have a mobile quarterback, a lot of the pass attempts get sucked out of the offense. A lot of the fantasy points get sucked out of the offense with rushing touchdowns and things like that. We could be seeing that. I mean, even Josh Allen really only has one week over week fantasy viable weapon. And you're like, what is Josh Allen? It's it's the QB one in Dynasty. It's like, yeah, it's Stephon Diggs is still the only guy you want to target because he's pulling so much value as far as fantasy points scoring out of the offense. And I think we could very much see that for Trey Lance. But if you go back and watch this kid play, I mean, this may be the best tools player, a guy with mobility, athleticism, arm strength, accuracy at times. He kind of showed it in flashes with some nice deep balls to Ayuk, which Probably the guy I'm taking in this offense is Ayuk if we're talking about passing game weapons. There's just a lot of question marks. I would not debate anybody in a startup if they took a Russell Wilson, they took a Dak Prescott over a Trey Lance, even though they're segmented this way in our rankings. You could also think about roster construction and what you feel comfortable with. Alex, you know, in a recent Double Move Sports Dynasty startup, again, hit that Discord if you want to join a league against us, put your money where your mouth is. You know, we were, we were experimenting in one of our leagues. Both of us took unique approaches. You went all draft capital in the startup. I went with two upside quarterbacks to really be the core nucleus of my team. Got Trey Lance at the 112 back of the first round and was able to get Jalen Hurts uh, a round or two later on. So I just have two upside mobile So you got to be terrified right now. <laughs> We're going to see how it goes. We're going to see how it goes. It's a pure upside play, but I feel like I have the most upside with this Lance asset and it's almost impossible to get this guy in, in leagues right now. His trade value, like right now, he's sitting at QB10 on keep trade cut. I've offered, I've overpaid. I, I've been playing QB5 prices in these leagues, and I'm still not able to get Trey Lance. So the people who have him know what they have in him. They want to see that upside. And even if Lance isn't the best passer, even if he comes in and kind of has that Josh Allen rookie year where it's like sub 60% completion percentage, the accuracy is kind of sus. The interceptions are flowing. It's like even with all that being said, the fantasy value can be there because we have Debo Samuel taking two-yard checkdowns to the house. We have George Kittle getting 30 yards after the catch on some of these just easy completions. And then we did see in flashes, I went back and watched every snap from Trey Lance's rookie year, you did see it in flashes, that deep ball ability that could just be so, so clean and give Lance that that next level game-breaking upside. He could truly be that, that next Lamar Jackson, that next Kyler Murray. 
maybe even better because of the Shanahan scheme and the weapons that they have right now. But moving down our list, let's go to our consensus QB10, a guy that I am so excited for. I've scooped him up in almost every league. It is Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. You're seeing the clips right now on Instagram of him throwing to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, Alberto. They have so many weapons there in Denver. They have a much better O-line, better than any O-line that Russell Wilson's played with before. And I think the only reason we have Russell Wilson as low as we do is really just the fact that he's 33 years old. Right? He's, he's hit his veteran prime, but this is the best situation that he's been in in his career. You would expect his efficiency to maintain. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks since he entered the league. You know, you just hope, and I think the fact that they brought Nathaniel Hackett in, right? you, you say, look, let the quarterback, the veteran QB, just like Hackett did with Rodgers in Green Bay, let the veteran quarterback dictate a lot of this offense, let him call his own plays, let him make changes at the line, let him do his thing. And so I think we actually will, for the first time, actually see Russell Wilson cook Guy Fieri style. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for Russ. And and you said it, if he was th three years younger, he'd probably be like my QB three in Dynasty right now. Like it's, He is going to be absolutely ridiculous for the next three seasons. I think you and I are, are both just super excited about, yeah, the weapons that he has. I know he had DK and Lockett in Seattle. But there, I honestly think just holistically from an offensive line to a weapons to a whole team situation, situation in Denver is so much better. Say what you want about Sutton, Judy, but you throw in a really strong number three in Tim Patrick. You throw in hopefully KJ Hamler recovers from his injury and he's out there as a, a good deep ball threat, a good change of pace guy. Alberto as an athletic tight end is fantastic. The offensive line, you mentioned it's better. So from a situation perspective, it's going to be as good as it's ever been for Russell Wilson. And you said it earlier, we play dynasty in these two, three-year windows. At age 33, Russell Wilson should be absolutely fine for the next three seasons for contending rosters. And with Hackett as the head coach in Denver, with Russell Wilson, you know, them paying that big hefty price to go get him, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that he is going to set a career high in pass attempts this season. His career high right now is 558 attempts. He's only been over 550 two times. The 558 attempt year, he was QB6. The other time he was over 550 attempts, he was QB1 in fantasy. So the efficiency from Russell Wilson combined with the pass volume increase that he's going to see in Denver should make him just absolutely incredible. I'm excited to see Russ in Denver. If you were a contending roster, I cannot think of many better assets for you to have on your team right now than Russell Wilson. What is the trend that we've seen from Super Bowl winning rosters the last th two years? Tom Brady goes to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Matt Stafford goes to LA, wins a Super Bowl. My hot take out of the AFC West, the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl this year with Russell Wilson coming over. The fact that he was QB 13 in fantasy points per game, playing the back half of the year pretty banged up on a team that was dead last in team pass plays per game. It's just absolutely ridiculous. We're, we're going to see a gallon of gasoline poured on this Russell Wilson fire. But let's get to the last couple guys on our list. Trevor Lawrence is another young upside piece in Jacksonville. They spend a ton of money in free agency year after year after year. You know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different <laughs> results. So we will see if Jacksonville actually does take that step up. I'm a little wary. And there's been some folks in our Discord saying, look, just by the fact that I'm just fading Jacksonville as a team. Like, I don't want to invest my dynasty 
dollars into a team that just hasn't been good in a really, really long time. Their best season in recent memory was that year with Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette carrying that offense. But I do expect things to be improving in almost every facet for Trevor Lawrence. They're going to come in with a 101 in this draft. It could be an offensive lineman. They have plenty of other draft picks as well. Hopefully they're going to retool that offensive line. The fact that he does have weapons, I mean, Christian Kirk and I guess Zay Jones are going to be upgrades. Evan Ingram, maybe, right, are going to be upgrades in what they had in, in really just Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault last year after DJ Chark went down. So you imagine the weapons are going to be stronger. And then Doug Peterson historically brings a fast pace of play to the offense. I know we all hate Doug Peterson because he always runs a running back by committee in that backfield. That's another conversation for another day with Travis Etienne. And keep that in mind, too. We have ETN coming back. But with Trevor Lawrence, I think this year we will see the pass volume and the pace of play hit a threshold that we really, really like. And this is a guy that was being called the next Peyton Manning, the next Andrew Luck. Coming out of college is one of the most pristine profiles you will ever see from a college quarterback, if not the best of all time. So this is another thing where we're just gambling on the upside. And if you wanted to take a Matt Stafford, wait a round or two, maybe even three and get a Matt Stafford or, you know, wait a, wait a few picks, half a round and get a Jalen Hurts. I'm completely on board with that for your startup draft strategy. But Trevor is a guy that you'd love to have as your QB2 on any of these rosters because he could take you to that level where you're a year in, year out dynasty contender because you're just getting 60 points per game from your quarterback spots. Yeah, and it's tough with these dynasty rankings sometimes because we're doing these outside of roster construction. Obviously, if you're a contender, Trevor Lawrence is not your QB 11. You know, like guys below him on this list, the Matt Staffords, the Jalen Hurts, even a Derek Carr. Rodgers. Those guys are going to be, yeah, Rodgers. Those guys are going to be far more valuable for a contending roster. So we're kind of just doing this holistically. It, It can be tough sometimes. And you said it with Lawrence. Obviously, there's nothing from his rookie season really to like. It all just goes back to, his potential, his incredible college production profile, uh, just the the overall talent that we've seen from this guy um, in his college days. There wasn't much of it last season. Very, very few flashes from him last season, but we know the accuracy is there. We know the arm strength is good enough. We know he has mobility. I mean, over 300 rushing yards last season, which is nice. That's kind of that Justin Herbert level rushing ability. So for Trevor Lawrence in the absolute dumpster fire that was the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, The hope is that we can throw all that out the window and just go back to, hey, let's think of Trevor Lawrence, how we thought about him before his rookie year. And we're kind of back to square one. So Trevor Lawrence has been in interviews and said, hey, I know last year was tough, but I like to think that I've learned from it. I've grown from it. Those are experiences that are going to make me a better player. I sure hope so. And one guy, you know, the receivers are whatever, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. These bodies in there will help. A new coaching staff will probably help. Travis Etienne should be back as well. And I think a a viable receiver out of the backfield that he's played with before should help his development as well. So with Trevor Lawrence here at our QB 11, you're really just hoping that upside hits because the potential he has at age 22, if he hits, the hope would be that he could be a guy that could move into the top five, six quarterbacks in dynasty in the next season or two. Urban Meyer can be that scapegoat for us in fantasy. We can just say, it was Urban Meyer. It was that that just worst-case scenario, nightmare situation. Guy didn't know what he was doing and just kind of blame it all on Urban. This could be us looking at Trevor Lawrence glass half full. I think we're going to know 
about half of the season, whether we should be in or out on Trevor Lawrence. If we're seeing the potential, we're seeing a couple flash games. We're like, okay, we see it. Maybe we saw it a little bit last year in spurts, but not really over a full game. Maybe, maybe the end of the year game against Indy that knocked him out of the playoffs. Sorry about that, Alex, for your Colts. I was there. But think about this. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence had the second most pressured throws last year. This is a guy that just he was, it was worst case scenario in every situation. Even if you want to say, okay, stop scapegoating the coach. It's not Urban Meyer. Okay, we can blame the offensive line. An offensive line that we expect to get better that's going to give a rookie quarterback time to throw. Imagine what they were asking Trevor Lawrence to do with depleted weapons, no time to throw, and a playbook from the 1920s. I, like This should just be an upgrade across the board for Trevor Lawrence. So we're banking on that upside. Two more players that we have tied at 12. We both had them in this spot, and it was just too close. Like, the debate was too real for us to really pick a side. I have Jalen Hurts as my QB 12. I know that's that's mind-blowing for a lot of people that say he's not going to be a starter next year. You can see the writing on a wall from the Eagles, and that might be true. Okay, but even if that is true, do we think Hurts is going to be benched right away? Or is a rookie going to come in and learn behind him for a year or two, like a Stroud or, or a Young? Right? Is Hurts just going to be dust the second they take a quarterback in the draft, you know, from his dynasty value, yes. But from what he can do on the football field, he's not just going to be deleted in real time. And I think it's very likely that if they do go quarterback the Eagles next year, that they actually trade Jalen Hurts because he is a valuable player that a team he's, – he's better than other quarterbacks that are starting mm-hmm. right now. And he at least gives you a level of upside. And I actually thought the Eagles kind of committed to Jalen Hurts a little bit down the stretch because they changed their offense to utilize him – on the ground, they were the number one team in run plays per game. They turned this into a run-heavy offense with Jalen Hurts there because he was able to help the rushing attack so much. And hopefully we see a Drake London, a Traylon Burks, a true big body X receiver who has a wide catch radius get in there and play opposite of Devonta Smith, who's going to be your more technical, nuanced route runner type receiver, a, a athletic separator. But is it going to be blinding you with yards after the catch or going up and high point in these catches against you know corners that are 20 pounds over him so this is a, a, a upside play again but really there's a lot of downside in the long-term outlook for Hertz I'm willing to look past that a little bit for this year and believe that a guy who was not terrible right he was not absolutely terrible especially for fantasy I mean we're talking about a guy that finished the year as the QB6 in fantasy points per game I think there's there's some slight room for improvements in the passing game, and that rushing floor is certainly there from a guy who put up 782 rushing yards uh, on the ground. So I like Hurts. I'm excited for Hurts. I think he gets a bad rap, and hopefully in year three, really year two as a full-time starter, we can see Hurts take that next step. Yeah, I think Hurts is the player at any position that by this time next year could have the biggest value rise or the biggest value drop. and. Mm. It's tough because he's already being taken in like the third round of startups because of that upside. But if he comes out and he takes the Eagles back, if they win that division, I mean, I know Dallas is looking pretty good, but if they win that division and they're back in the playoffs and Hurts shows improvement as a passer and he has a great season, one, their draft capital is going to be lower. I know they picked up an extra first round pick for next year, but if assuming they pass on a quarterback in this draft, Their draft capital is going to be a little bit worse next year. Maybe it prevents them from being able to package stuff together to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So if Hertz plays well, not only should they commit more to him, but it's going to lower their odds of being able to make a move for one of the top guys next season. 
Um, but two, I mean, if he plays well this season, we could start to hear, I mean, he's going to be in year three this year. He doesn't have a fifth year option. So going into the 2023 season, it's going to be, people are going to be talking, floating around conversation about an extension. So after this year, we're going to know a lot about Jalen Hurts. And to your point, I don't think the basement is as low as we think it is. Obviously, if he comes out, he's just average again, or if they take a quarterback this year and it looks like he's going to be out in Philly, it's a hit to his value. But we know the player he is, and if he is out in Philly, I do think he'll latch on somewhere else and start more games in the NFL over the course of his career, still only 23 years old. So with Jalen Hurts, we know when he's out there this season, assuming he's the starter through the season, not a lot of curveballs could be thrown at us at this point, but who knows? They could take Matt Corral or something crazy in the first round. We know he's going to be a guy that you want on contending rosters just because, like we talked about with Trey Lance, the baseline is high. The upside all comes down to how much he develops as a passer. So Jalen Hurts is one of these polarizing guys. I have him in one league, and I've thought about acquiring him in other leagues, but I just don't know if I can take on that kind of risk across the board. So if you like going to Vegas, if you like hitting the casino, Jalen Hurts is probably your guy. It all just comes down to what you believe about what he can actually do on the field this year, not from fantasy, but in the eyes of this Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff and front office. And really quickly, we'll hit on Matt Stafford. It's it's crazy because Jalen Hurts, wide range of outcomes. Matt Stafford is is kind of the opposite. You know what you're getting with Matt Stafford at this point. I think the season last year, QB5, almost 5,000 passing yards, you know, 4,886 yards, 41 touchdowns in L.A., obviously the Super Bowl win. So for Matt Stafford, he's 34 years old. You know you're going to get this guy who doesn't run the ball. He's a gunslinger. He's got Cooper Cup eating breakfast with him every single morning. Hopefully that's kept up through the offseason. But you know with Stafford, you're hoping for that 20 to 24 point fantasy game, that 300 yard, three touchdown game is kind of what you're you're looking for. Maybe you you hit above that every now and then with a fourth or a fifth touchdown. You're going to have some weeks below that if they happen to cram it in on the goal line with Cam Akers or Dale Henderson or whoever it is. With Matt Stafford, you're just looking for that consistent production. I think we can both assume he's going to be elite playing at this level for another two, three seasons, hopefully beyond that, but he did just sign an extension with the Rams. So you kind of know what you're getting for probably the next three years with Stafford. But beyond that, we just don't know. So I think, again, the age for him at age 34 is why he's down at this this 12 area on our list. But if he's your QB2 in these leagues, you're going to be set up very, very nicely. I actually love packaging these two guys together. If you get someone with the three-year stability of Matt Stafford and the one year, like, let's just throw all the dice on the table, see what we get in 2022 and F it beyond that. Like, these could be two guys that are really fun for a contending roster to pair together. So, 100%. Now, what you love with Stafford, second in the league in passing touchdowns, gets what I believe is a upgrade from Robert Woods to Allen Robinson, at least for Stafford's skill set. We've seen Stafford, I'm not making this a comp or anything, but right, Calvin Johnson, right? He wants the big body outside, go up and get it, playmaker. We saw that with Kenny Galladay when he had multiple great years with Stafford. So I think Allen Robinson can come in and play that type of role that has been Stafford's go-to pretty much his whole career. And this is a guy that was top five in air yards, passing yards, and red zone attempts. The Rams trust, McVay trusts Stafford to, to take care of the football. And the fact that he has, like you said, the best receiver in the league right now, thats I'm sure that's a, that's a debate. We could spend a whole another 47 minutes talking about that. But Stafford's just been so efficient, so proven 
you just know what you're getting. Over 10 years of sample size with Matt Stafford, there's really not much more we can say. He's probably going to be a guy that's going to be in the MVP conversation down the stretch next year, assuming all goes well there in L.A. But, Alex, I think that's it for today's episode. Top 12 Dynasty quarterbacks. Anything else before we get out of here? No. I, I Well, yes. I guess the only other thing <laughs> is, one, join our Discord if you want to pick apart these rankings, talk about them with us. We're going to be posting full rankings in there. You know, and updating those, maintaining those throughout the offseason, throughout the regular season. And if you want to see, you know, the next 12 guys on our list, we only know if you tell us. So we're going to do the top 12 at every position. If you really want to see 13 through 24, be sure to let us know in the comments. Smash that like button and we'll be sure to get on it. Appreciate you listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.